Welcome to Do-It-Yourself Babies and Parenting, helping you navigate the parenting journey. Remember, you're not alone, trust yourself, and good enough is good enough. Hello, fellow parents and parents-to-be. Welcome to this episode of Do-It-Yourself Babies and Parenting. It's another one on a labour story, but obviously this time not mine. I've got my good friend Lucy here and she's got a little one that's almost nine months. Welcome, Lucy. Hi. How are you going? Good, thank you. How are you, Sherry? <laughs> good. <laughs> um, so, look, let's just get straight into it. Can you share with everyone how did your labour pan out? Yeah, sure. So I had an induction for my labour. Um, so two main reasons uh, as to why I went down the induction path. Predominantly, uh, my little one was tracking quite large throughout my pregnancy. And we actually had a point at around, I think, 30, 30 weeks where her head was actually measuring close to 40 weeks. So, um, <laughs> yeah. so I was a bit worried at oh. one point and um, she was growing very well, which, which made me feel, you know, really um, confident and, you know, happy. But um, I also wanted to avoid sort of not being able to push her out. So um, we'd spoken about an induction with my obstetrician and, um, we also, I think towards the end of my pregnancy, I was a little bit over it, to be honest. Um, so I was pretty ready to just get, you know, get bubs out. Um, so I ended up, um, she was induced at probably just around 39 weeks. So um, it was, yeah, a planned induction and um, everything was kind of booked in. So we had that bit of certainty around we, we knew when it would happen, um, we could plan for it and we could, you know, um, not kind of be in a panic-stricken state when, when things started to, to kick off. Nice. And you went through the private system, is that right? Yes, yeah. I did, yes. So I had a private obstetrician and I gave birth at Jesse McPherson, which is the private arm of Monash um, Health Clinic. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty good experience. Um, like I said, with the planned induction, that's a little bit different given that um, you sort of, you know, you can – plan for it you can pack for it mm. it's kind of like checking in for a hotel stay in, <laughs> a in painful a painful hotel yeah stay. <laughs> well or a little bit of an unknown what what are we in for type mm. of um stay but um yeah we I guess my my journey was a little bit um although it was planned induction um we actually turned up to hospital on the on the Friday um at around lunchtime and um you know, to our surprise, they had no idea or had not um, planned for our arrival. So that kind of threw a spanner in the works a little bit. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, that first night, I didn't actually have a room set aside for me. So my husband actually had to come home and I had to spend that first night um, in a shared room. Oh. And, um, yeah, which was a bit disappointing because obviously mm. with a planned induction and going through the private system, you sort of wanted to avoid that. Mm. But um, 
so yeah, that that night, so we settled in, and he was able to stay with me until about nine pm. Um, mm-hmm. And <laughs> as you would have it, as soon as he left, my labour kicked off. So um, what they do in a planned induction, um, they insert a, a well. In my case, it was a gel. Sometimes mm-hmm. it can be um, another to form of um, inducement, but I used my obstetrician used the gel, and about within probably a few hours, I started feeling contractions, and they felt very much like just the tightening, the tightening of my stomach muscles, um, sort of like mm. cramping, but intense cramping, and it would come in waves and flows, and you could sort of feel feel it build up. Mm. Um, they were quite uncomfortable, and I. Remember remember calling the nurse saying you know I'm, I'm starting to feel it um, again with with a planned induction they do monitor you a lot more so you're mm. um, you've always got uh, this sensor belt that's tied around you so they could hear bub's heartbeat throughout the whole thing so you're, you're a bit less mobile um, so I remember that first night I just had these um, intense cramps every, you know, 20, 10, 20 minutes um, where I remember texting my husband. I felt like my insides were being ripped apart. <laughs> little little did I know that was nothing compared to what I was in store for in the next, you know, 12 hours. Um, so, yeah, that first night I didn't really get much sleep. It was just on and off. Um, mild I would say contractions Mm. even though at the time they didn't feel that mild and um, until that that happened until about 6 a.m the following morning so didn't get much sleep at all Um, and at that point they said uh, they they were able to move me into the labor ward where um, my husband could join me so that was um, of relief because at, at that point after a whole night of sort of having contractions on my own I just wanted to see him and I just wanted him to be by my side and obviously he wanted to be with me as well hmm. so um, once I'd checked into the the delivery room he he was there with me and yeah that's where they um hooked me up to the various drips and machines. So when you get induced, um, the main thing that they obviously hook you up to is what they call the um, syntocin, which is a synthetic oxytocin, which is the chemical that sort of kicks off your your contractions, kicks off your labour. They also hook you up to um, a a saline drip to make sure you're, you know, you're hydrated, um, you've got enough fluids going through you. So you do become quite, you can become quite bloated um, and quite puffy. Um, (laughs) And then, um, yeah, and they what they do is over the course of, you know, however many hours, they gradually turn that syntocin up. So oh. the machine actually regulates how intense your... Um, your contractions are and which in turn um, sort of regulates your dilation. So over the course of the next five to six hours, so from about 6am to about midday that day, I could feel the contractions building up. And similar to the night before, you can always feel the build up and you can mm. feel it one coming on mm, and it mm. just felt like a bit of a roller coaster so you can gradually yes. feel it building 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 and then that sense of relief once it passes but I could feel it definitely getting more and more intense and as we got to about midday 
um, I got to a point where usually when you have um, natural contractions, you often get a bit of a break in between each Mm. contraction. Mm -hmm. In my case, and I'm not sure if this is the case for all inductions, but there was a period of about an hour or two where I was getting five or six contractions back to back with no break in between. And that just, yeah, that was a real... um, yeah, that really killed me. And I remember I was just at that point, I'd, you know, I tried sitting on a bouncing ball. I tried kind of kneeling on the bed, all different positions. And it was just getting so intense. And I remember like I was in tears at that point going, I don't know if I can do this. Um, I'm in so much pain. And at that point, I said to the nurses, look, I think I, I think I want to get, um, some pain relief so Mm. um initially I tried the gas Mm -hmm. and that didn't help for me at all because I felt like I was pretty in control of my breathing which really helped me through the contractions up until that point but once I had to sort of breathe the gas as well as focus on my breathing I just felt like my breathing went out the door and I couldn't really focus so Mm. that actually made things worse um so I gave up on the gas pretty quickly and it got to a point where I was like, I, th- I think I need an epidural. And the nurse obviously was very supportive of it, but she also, you know, wanted to make sure that it was definitely what I wanted. She suggested that sh- she check me first in terms of how far dilated I was. Mm. And I think at that point, had I been quite far along in my labour, say, you know, seven, eight centimetres dilated, I probably would have just stuck with it, to yep. be honest. Mm. But um, I'd gone through, you know, the contractions starting at 9 p.m. the night prior to what was now about midday the following day, nonstop um, with, you know, the intensity building and building. And once the nurse had checked me, she said I was only two or three centimetres dilated. And I think at that point I just mentally gave up. Yeah, that's fair enough. At that point when you're mentally not able to continue with it um I don't I think regardless of how painful it is you just you just can't get through it anymore so I said no definitely get me the anesthetist I want the epidural and I think at that point I was just so exhausted as well and knowing that I was so far from being fully dilated like I I didn't know whether I still had another 5, 12, 24 hours to go. And exactly. I was getting a bit worried about, you know, whether I'd be in a, um, in a state to be able to push at the end. Mm. I still had, you know, the, the main part to go. So um, I remember I asked for the anaesthetist and it's not like once you ask for an, the anaesthetist, they come, you know, you get the epidural straight away, you get the injection. There's a good 20 minutes and that's probably on the short side of waiting because the nurse had to call my obstetrician because only the obstetrician can um i guess approve or speak to the anesthetist to to ask them to come so there was a lot of waiting around and then obviously the anesthetist has to be done with whatever they're doing at that point Mm, mm. and I remember I actually only had to wait 20 minutes which in hindsight was not very long at all but those 20 minutes felt like the longest 20 minutes of my life and I remember I kept asking my husband why isn't he here yet (laughs) where is he where is he why isn't he here yet um and finally he came and I think yeah and the, the 
the really tough part about those 20 minutes was because you'd already, you know, mentally you've given up and you've asked for painkillers and to to still have to kind of get through that next bit of time. I think that was the most difficult part Mm. because mentally you've already succumbed to the pain. Mm. Um, But once the anaesthetist arrived, they, you know, they usually have to do this whole spiel about making sure you know what you're doing, you know the risks. Um, And I remember just... I don't think I heard a word of what he said. I was just like, yep, yep, yep. And I think they expect that because he sort of said, look, I'm going to say a whole bunch of words. Um, It's, you know, it's important for me to say it, but I understand you're probably not going to be able to hear most of it, but I need to get through it. So, um, yeah, and then he prepped me for the the epidural, which is basically an injection that they put through to the back of your spine. Mm. Um, so you have to be very, very still, um, obviously injecting into your spine, there's always an element of risk. Um, and I think I was a little bit nervous at that point, more so about the, the pain or I guess that the injection and, um, because they have to do it while you're having a contraction, What? but, uh, but you ha- yeah, they, so <laughs> they do it when you have a contraction and I can't remember specifically why that is the case, oh. but, um, they do wait for when you, you're about to have a contraction, but at the same time, you have to stay very, very still. So oh my God. that, as you can see, could could be really, really hard. Mm. But um, it was actually not too bad for me. So they got me to sit on the side of the bed, bent over with a pillow, sort of hugging a pillow in my tummy. And my husband was um, facing me so I could hold on to him. And they put on a local anaesthetic and rub it on my back. And I remember he, um, the anaesthetist saying, this is going to feel really, really cold. And it was very, very cold. Um, and, yeah, my my anaesthetist was absolutely amazing because I did not feel a single thing in terms of the actual injection. It was really quick. He, you know, he made me feel really calm and it was all done. Oh, that's good. Um, no wonder they can charge yeah. so much. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, it's yeah, it's a very I guess I guess it's a very specialized skill and, you know, little margin for error. Mm. Um so when you when you get an epidural, they also have to put in a catheter. So because obviously because you lose all sense of feeling um, from your waist downwards, you, you're not able to kind of get up to go to the bathroom. You probably don't feel the sense or the urge of needing to go to the toilet. So they do put in a catheter, so you don't have to worry about all of that. Um, and to be honest, the the I guess the drugs kicked in very quickly because I, I remember all of a sudden the next contraction, I, I couldn't I couldn't feel the pain anymore. Mm. Um, in my case, I still felt the tightening and I could feel each contraction coming on, but I just did not feel any pain. Mm. And I was still able to wiggle my toes. So um, I know with some people they're completely immobile and can't feel a single thing. I definitely couldn't feel anything. So when the nurses, you know, touched my legs or put ice on my legs, to see if I had any feeling I couldn't feel it at all but I could I could wiggle my toes um, and I could feel the contractions contractions building but I couldn't feel the pain which is exactly I guess what I wanted yes and um, I literally just slept for the next three hours because I was just so exhausted and I feel like um, I remember feeling as soon as that 
epidural hit, the effects of the epidural hit, I just was a completely different person. I was smiling again. (laughs) My husband was actually taking photos and I was giving him a big (laughs) thumbs up. And, yeah, I just slept for the next few hours and thank goodness I did because I think I really needed it. Um, I was absolutely spent and um, I still, you know, I didn't know at that point but I still had another I think nine hours to go. What? Nine hours? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, um, so from about one till um, that evening and around eight, I was just going through the motions and a lot of just staying in bed, feeling the contractions. They were still monitoring and they were still gradually turning up the, the synthetic oxytocin um, and just a lot of waiting around, but it was pleasant. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't in any pain at all at that point. And then by around, I think, um, 9 p.m. that evening, um, uh, they told me I was fully dilated. Yes. But <laughs> I couldn't start pushing because when you have an epidural, um, no, sorry, not when you have an epidural, but when you are induced, I think they have to wait for a bit of that water build up to, um, to be released. Um, so I was told that I had to wait an hour before I could start pushing. Um, and at that point I was like, Oh my goodness, can I just get this over and done with? Like, I just, you know, I, I'm sort of over it now, Sort of. <laughs> but I had to wait. Yeah. I had to wait a, a full hour and they obviously had to get in contact with my obstetrician, um, to make sure that he, you know, he was there and he was going to deliver the baby. Um, and yeah, so we waited an hour, um, and at around 10 or just before 10, my obstetrician arrived and started prepping me. And at this point I was sort of in a daze and I remember seeing all these instruments being laid out, just, you know, um, getting ready for it. And I was really nervous because I think the pushing, like, like, as you said, from your experience, Sherry, like you just have no idea what, what pushing actually means and you don't know, like, how do you push? And especially when you've gotten a gotten an epidural, like you can't really feel the sensation Mm. of pushing because you've lost all sense of feeling. Mm. So I remember the nurse, the midwife sort of walking me through it prior to starting and she said look we're going to be counting to one two three and then I'll ask you to push and you'll push for every contraction but we need three pushes for every contraction and um, you know I remember this just thinking okay just sort of listening to it all but I was sort of a deer caught in headlights because I didn't really know what was about to happen and how to sort of digest it all and then once this process started, um, it was tough. I think the pushing phase was probably one of the most difficult phases of the labor. Yes. Um, it was exhausting and you don't get much of a break because you're pushing with every contraction. Mm. And at that point in time, contractions are probably every, you know, one to two minutes. Yep. And I had to push do three pushes per contraction so they literally don't give you a break and what I remember very specifically was the first push is you you don't it's not very effective because you haven't quite worked out where to channel your energy Mm. and then by the second or third push you've actually worked out where to channel your energy but you've got no energy left because you're so (laughs) exhausted Um, so I just 
remember thinking, oh, my goodness, like how long is this going to take? Can I continue doing this? And um, one one thing that happened to us was during the pushing phase, um, because, you know, they were still monitoring my baby's heartbeat, um, the heart, um, her heart rate started to drop or started to go very uh, unsettled. And I remember at one point they called for more midwives to come in and I was getting a little bit worried mm. because they were reassuring. They said, this is just standard procedure. We're just asking a few more people to be in here just in case, but there's nothing to worry about. But obviously, you know, you're, you're quite worried and you, you're not quite sure how things will turn. Mm. And I was pretty adamant that I, I wanted to try and avoid a, a, an emergency cesarean at all costs wherever possible. Obviously, you know, if it meant a safe delivery of my baby, then I was all for mm. it. But, um, you know, so I was, it, that was kind of in the back of my head, in the back of my mind, I was a little bit worried that it might turn into that. Mm. But um, thankfully, it didn't. And thankfully, uh, my pushing was very effective because I ended up only having to push for 20 minutes and she was out within, you know, um, I think three or four rounds of pushing. Nice. And nice. yeah, so thank goodness because what ended up happening was um, she actually had her umbilical cord wrapped around her neck twice. And I think that's what caused sort of the um, rapid heart rate or the drop in heart rate as well. Mm. So I was very lucky to have her come out that quickly mm. with not much complication. Mm. Um, I didn't tear at all. Nice. Um, which was brilliant. Um, <laughs> and I think word of advice to all you know expected mothers out there uh, wherever possible just listen to your midwife listen to your obstetrician and just push when they tell you to mm. the urge will be strong to um, want to keep pushing but it's so important to just try and push when they tell you to because that will save you know hopefully save you from tearing mm. too much um, so yeah I didn't I didn't have any tears I did have to have two small stitches um, it was more of a – I can't remember what my obstetrician said, but it was more for the exterior rather than from any interior tearing. Um, but, yeah, once Bub came out, they plopped her on, on me. Uh, similar to you, I did not cry. I felt <laughs> like I was just blank. Uh, I yes. I was overwhelmed. Yes. I always <laughs> imagined that I would be so emotional. Me too. Baby. Yes. But, no, nah, mm. I just remember just being blank and I think I was just so exhausted and all of a sudden there's this little human being on me and I have no idea what to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, my husband cut her umbilical cord. They cleaned her up a little bit, plopped her on me, and she started sort of finding her way to my breast mm. and started breastfeeding straight away. And while this was all happening, um, I had to deliver the placenta. And, again, similar to you, I had the injection. Mm. Didn't didn't really notice anything Um I don't even remember delivering the placenta, to be honest. And then my obstetrician um, gave me the two stitches. Again, couldn't feel a thing, didn't notice anything. Apparently I was bleeding a lot, but I didn't even mm. notice because, you know, you're just so focused on this little baby. And, um, yeah, then, you know, once once Bub was settled, they took her off and when she was being cleaned and weighed and everything, um, my midwife helped me up and took me into the bathroom to have a shower, um, to, you know, go to the bathroom, have a pee, which is important. And I remember that night, like as they wheeled me back to my room, 
um, I remember my midwife asking me, do, do you want to be there while we, you know, weigh her and measure her? And I feel awful now, but I was like, is it okay if I just go to sleep? <laughs> so I do not blame you. The, yeah, so my husband went with the midwife and um, the nurses while she was being weighed and everything, and I just went to the to my room and all I wanted to do was sleep because I was so exhausted. Um, but all these emotions go through you. Like I think you're you're both overwhelmed and ecstatic and exhausted and just like what what is happening there's so much happening so um yeah but that's basically yeah that was basically my experience in a nutshell wow um oh did you feel any of the crowning like when her head was coming out at all no okay. not at all so and I think that was because of the epidural yeah like yeah. I could feel pressure mm. but I couldn't feel at what stage um at all she she was you know where she was I was just f- relying on my hubby and my doctors telling me oh we see the head now or the head's out oh. or, um yeah but I definitely felt once the set the head had come out I definitely felt it was different. Like yes. the last push of getting the body out was so completely different. There wasn't much pressure at all. Yes. Um, okay. And it was much easier. I felt, yeah, the pushing was much easier. And when they initially give you that gel to start the labor, mm. is it like they have to insert it and go, like they go up your vagina and then they just put like the gel on or is it a gel they put on your skin like outside of? Um, It's basically sort of, um, yeah, so my obstetrician, they just apply the gel sort of, at the opening of the vagina. Oh, okay. So just rubbing it there. It's similar to um, if people know a stretch and sweep, it's sort of like that feeling. So they, it's not completely, um, you know, inside of you that it's applied, but it is, you know, they do um, sort of apply it at that opening of your, of your vagina and, um, you know, you don't feel anything at that point and it just – it just works it's magic I don't know how it works but Mm. it just kind of kicks off those chemicals and those hormones in your body and your body just yeah starts the starts the contraction process and um my waters didn't actually break until the next day so um, oh after the baby came out yeah, and what? I actually had a my, – my obstetrician – no, no, sorry, before the baby came out, but my obstetrician had to break my waters. Oh. So um, at around, I think, 8 a.m. that morning yep. maybe, yep. once I was already in the delivery ward, my obstetrician came in. So as soon as I was, you know, one or two centimetres dilated, um, they came in, broke my waters with um, what looked like sort of a knitting needle. <laughs> It sounds scary, but you don't actually feel a thing. Okay. And, um, yeah, and then over the course of, you know, the next few hours, you can feel sort of a bit of water. Mm. Um, I didn't actually feel much until I remember I wanted to change positions because I was in, you know, so much pain and um, I, I was sitting on a, a fit ball um, for a bit and as soon as I stood up all this water came gushing out of me and I think that was the first time I actually realized wow these are my waters like wow. I knew that, <laughs> I knew they had already um, out of, you know um, broken my waters prior to that but un- until that point I hadn't really acknowledged that <laughs> it had broken so it did it did for me it felt like what you see in the movies mm. like all this water sort of just gushing out mm. um but yeah it's I know it's not the case for for a lot of people mm. that's so interesting oh my gosh yeah oh that sounds so tiring it's 
Oh, it's just so unique, isn't it? Each each story yes. is. Oh. And so, from your perspective, you know, in terms of your, you know, tips or lessons learned, what would you say for those women who are, you know, obviously probably quite nervous about giving birth? You know, what would you be kind of your top tips? Um, top tips would be just um, have faith and trust in your instincts and trust in your medical providers. I mean, they they know what they're doing they've always got your baby and your best interests at heart and um they they were so great in just guiding us through the whole process and um even during times where we were a little bit worried or a little bit unsure as to what was happening we never felt um sort of in the dark so Mm. we were always really informed so I think definitely just um Trust in your doctors and your midwife, but also trust in your instincts. Um, you know, if you feel like you can't handle it in, anymore, just tell them there's nothing wrong with it because at the end of the day, it's, as they say, labour is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So you need to think about, mm. you know, your well-being throughout the whole process. So, um, yeah, just trust in your gut and just be honest with yourself. If if you need help in whatever shape or form that is, um, ask for it. Um, yeah, and I guess the other the other top tip is it doesn't matter if it doesn't end up being sort of what you imagined in terms of all this wave of emotion and all of mm. this sudden love for your baby. To be honest, I didn't feel any of that in the first 12 hours because I think I was still just mentally like recovering from what had just happened and um, just processing all of it. I think I always just, I assumed that all, you know, all of a sudden I would just fall in love with this baby and I'd be so emotional and, you know, I'd be crying and my husband will be crying. And, but it wasn't like that at all. To be honest, it was just sort of like, whoa, did this (laughs) just happen? (laughs) And, oh, my God, thank goodness I survived it, you know, like, yeah, so, um, and that's absolutely fine and absolutely normal, so. I think those are really good points. I mean, we're so lucky in terms of, you know, where we live that we have access to good healthcare, Um, you know, people who will watch over us and, you know, you will be okay. And, And the other point being that, you know, just be real. Like it's not a perfect situation. It's so full on. Just feel like what you want to feel because everything else will, you know, come together at the end. Well, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and for sharing that. You know, I'm sure that's going to help someone who might go through, might not, but, you know, at least it gives someone an idea of another way that labor could happen and how you can better manage it. <laughs> No worries. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Lucy. Thank you.